Good morning, afternoon, or evening. Please delete as appropriate. Hello there, and welcome to this episode number 382 of the Material Podcast. I am Andy Anatko, and with us is Florence Ion. Florence, hey there, hi there, ho there. Hi, Andy. How are you? <laughs> uh, for for 11, 13 p.m., I'm, I'm very, very high energy. I don't know why. I wish I could share that with you, to be quite honest. I... I, I find it hilarious that I today I finished my Pixel Watch review finally. Yeah, hey, I saw it posted for Gizmodo, so it should be up by the time listeners are listening to this podcast. And um, I've I've just been too tired to like test a fitness watch. <laughs> just, um, although although that, that must have been a boon for sleep tracking. I will tell you, I, I said to myself, I had this internal dialogue with myself. I said, "Okay, self." If you're not going to do all the working out for this review, you have to do, you have to test something like really, you know, seriously. So I gave up on my no watch rule and my no wearing anything rule to bed. And I decided I just put it very loosely, put the watch at the loosest knob that I possibly could. And I slept with it for a couple of days. Um, And you know what else I did? Because this is a Google podcast. So I'm trying to do bingo right now. Is I set up cough and snore detection <laughs> on my new Pixel Seven, which arrived this week, uh, and I, I'm I, I blushed when I saw my snoring results. <laughs> I knew that I snored because I went to LA with my best friend in March, and she I I knew it was bad because she brought it up <laughs> she brought it up to me. <laughs> At breakfast the next day, she's like, did you know you snore? And I felt really embarrassed. Because I certainly I, do. I don't know what it is. What is it about snoring that makes us feel embarrassed? Uh, I, I don't know, but this is what's on my mind. Hi. Because yeah, be, because we we always we always imagine that like we uh, we are dignified in sleep that when we the noises we make are as muffled oars pawing delicately in kitty kitty feet through a calm placid lake we don't want to think that we are like the three stooges you know right because we are just the, these giant meat suits right and it's like the meat is not even it's it's a lumpy meat. <laughs> And so when you sleep, all the lumps kind of, you know, exactly, and against your your respiratory path, and you know, it causes you to make noises at night. Anyway, anyway, y'all, don't worry. My tech is tracking it. Don't worry. Exactly. Well, I'm glad. Well, I'm, I'm Google knows. I'm glad that it is tracking because the the only the only thing that like I really can't get working on the Pixel Watch is sleep tracking. And but that's kind of okay because it also doesn't work like on my Fitbit uh, Charge Four or whatever model it is, like the one that I bought a couple of years ago. It's like it never. I, I keep expecting it to be like the Apple Watch, where you wake up and say, oh, "Okay, you, you slept like a total of like four hours and forty eight minutes." Here's your cycles of like wakefulness, and we're definitely in deep sleep. But here's where you're kind of like coming out of it. It just feels, and every time, every time I try to get Fitbit to tell me how my how I slept last last night, it's like you slept forty eight minutes last night. I did. I really felt as though like I fell asleep reading at eight thirty, and then I woke up like at ten a.m. the next day. I really do think I slept more than forty eight minutes. Was I out stealing things? I don't know. And it's it's just so useless. <laughs> and it's what like it's it's, it's super disappointing. <laughs> no, I um. 
I actually, I was okay with the sleep tracking on the Pixel Watch, but what it didn't track was my naps. And I'm like, I am true to my tourist form. I <laughs> I love a nap. I'll sneak a snooze. I don't even care. This is what we have to do is self-care. Um, and my Samsung watch usually will like give me, you know, toward my sleep score will give me a little like, hey, all right, you took an hour and 20 minutes snoozer on Saturday. We're going to add that, you know, to yeah. your overall health. Fitbit slash Pixel Watch has not caught on to the naps, which is mm. unfortunate. Yeah. Because I take pride in them and I'd like them to be logged. <laughs> well, no, it's, it's, <laughs> It's just like when you come when you climb a flight of stairs, or, or like when you're even when you just walk into the kitchen to get yourself a cookie. You want count. You want to get you want to get credited for those steps, do you not? And just like well, also this is probably why I'm so like energy high is that uh, I did t- I did also take a nap just before dinner. I've got the if we're Good we're, for we're you. in the which was which was great because again I, I kind of forget about how like if I just if I intend to work until like midnight or one or two a.m it's probably good to get like <laughs> to get some sleep in the tank first i've although it wasn't really my intention i got so we're at it's a it's a long standing under, under part of new england new englander culture that you do not turn on the heat before halloween you do not need to turn the heat on before halloween okay. you're not cold you're a little bit chilly put on a sweater there's no need to put on the, the storm I windows don't subscribe have to, come to that down yet. even i, I kind of subscribe to that even as a californian but my husband is already Right. He he didn't well, care. I I well, told him no and he just went for it. So, but I okay. In, I in, see, in, in New England, in New England, this is this is how you define yourself as someone who is not from not from outside. Not, not, I'm not I'm not one of the summer people in this village. I I'm a New Englander. And so, uh I've I so I my compromise cuz it was really cold like a couple nights ago. And so uh, the, the compromise is that the only place I turned the heat on was on one of the baseboards in my bedroom. However, I did overcompensate. And so it is very toasty warm, like very pleasantly toasty warm. And as a result, when I decided to, okay, well, I'm going to take a break before dinner. I'm just going to uh, you know, uh, uh, just lay down and, and read uh, because they had my whatever I was going to read was like next to the bed anyway. And of course, it was super cozy and I'm in my bed and it's warm. And yeah, and next thing I knew it was an hour and a half later. And I don't, I'm not sure if the, I, I do have a, uh, a nest home hub, like on the nightstand. Uh, I'm not sure if I got credit for the nap. The problem with that is that if this, this turns out to be the theme of sleep tracking of, of, of this intro, that I don't think Google artificial intelligence is able to tell the difference between, oh, he's in bed, better start sleep tracking versus, oh, he's in bed because it's a comfy place to read. And he just stays, he, he wakes up and he spends like the first like 90 minutes still in bed, like doing email or whatever. So all of my sleep tracking results from this device are really, really off. I wish, I, I kind of wish I could, I, sh- I should probably look up the, look up in the manual to see if it's possible to like turn off automatic sleep tracking and simply say, okay, I now have the intention of going to sleep. Please start sleep tracking now or only like start tracking when I tell the assistant, hey, I'm going to bed. Good night. Good night. Good, good, good night, assistant. Okay. Um, I know this isn't on our notes, <laughs> <laughs> but I just can't help but think about the um, uh, the case against Google today in Texas. Uh, yes. The- and the reason is because you brought up the sleep tracking in the Nest Hub, and I was skimming the news about it today, and... Um, 
I recall seeing the Nest Hub Max in the list of devices for scanning faces. Yeah. I'm sorry that this is what came to mind. I, I guess I'm just thinking about it because I'm thinking about the fact that that like that's happening in the background, but I'm also thinking about how wow, like how cool it is to have technology that could possibly tell between when Andy is laying down and enjoying his book versus when Andy has snuck off for a nap. <laughs> anyway, yeah. sorry. It's well, yeah, it's polarizing. <laughs> I mean, it is it, it is a weird thing and since you brought it up, so Texas is, again is suing Google. It's not it's not it's not in the I didn't put it in the as a news topic because uh, I think we've said this. It's I think lot. we've seen this before, and also I haven't had time. It was I think it came through today, was it? And I haven't had time to like read the complaint to see is yeah October twentieth, like one thirty p.m. Eastern time. So I have, I I I read uh, I've read of it, but I haven't had time to read the actual complaint. So I don't I don't I, I I'm trying I'm thinking of I'm trying to f- figure out a way to phrase this. I have seen a lot of really, really wacky legal things come out of Texas from like politicians in Texas who want to like, ooh, what, what do my poll numbers say? How can I get that? How, how can I get that that demographic up? So I don't know whether this is a whether this is a real thing, which it certainly can be, because if there's there, that would be one of four companies that would be justifiably accused of uh, acquiring uh, acquiring uh, 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 capturing biometric data of people without their permission, uh, only two of which that people would actually have heard of. But I, I, I didn't want to talk about it until I'd actually heard about it. But it, the Reuters report says, in blatant defiance of that law, I'm not going to do the Texas accent, Google has, at, uh, since at least 2015, collected biometric data for innumerable Texans and used their faces and their voices to serve Google's commercial ends, the complaint said. Indeed. Good use of the word indeed. Indeed, all across the state, everyday Texans have become unwitting cash cows being milked by Google for profits. Well, that's kind of sexualizing a lawsuit, illegal. I don't know about that. So they're basically talking about basically the collection occurred through Google Photos, Google Assistant, and Nest Hub Max, according to the statement. So, okay, I'm not sure. See, I'd I'd have to to read this. I'm sorry I brought it up because I know it was very bulky and I also have only skimmed it, but I just couldn't help but think about it because you meant, ah, I'm sorry, Andy. This is what, this is what naturally and organically happens as we (laughs) podcast. This is where my brain goes. Um, Sleep tracking. Yes. (laughs) Well, so you want, so shall we, shall we switch to reality TV and I can make this Google related? Yes. Okay. So I find I uh, one of my favorite shows in the world is on Sky TV. Uh, it's I'm sorry, the Sky Arts Portrait Artist of the Year. It is kind of okay, like yes. it, it is a it's a reality competition. Simple premise and very very British reality TV. It is they get uh, every every week uh, nine different amateur and professional portrait painters and three different celebrity subjects, and they just simply paint in groups of three portraits and they got four hours to do it yes and after which judges decide like who goes on to like the semifinals and there's a semifinal round and the final round and the winner gets to paint like a portrait of like a very very big name and it's added to like the national art collection this year it's uh, sir lenny henry and the pick his portrait will be going into the national portrait gallery so it's a big deal it's not like it's not like uh, it's not like America's Got Talent, where it's like here's an eight year old who clearly sucks, but we want the heartbreaking, heart rendering story about this child prodigy that 
pulls at the heartstrings of everybody. No, everybody is like actually quite good. And there's 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 no there's no losers in here. Early season project runway. Got it. Exactly. And but the problem is that un, unlike Great British Bake Off, where I don't have justification for pirating it because now like the current season is like currently appearing on Netflix. So if you want to see it, go ahead, subscribe to Netflix. You're good. Uh, I don't know. I don't think this is available anywhere. And so I of course started watching it paralegally, let's say, and through, 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 uh, industrious application of research and knowledge. I had, I was able to start watching it like in around season three or season four. Uh, and this is fall. This is, this is come through for me everywhere except for like, I missed last season cause I could not find it. I could not, there, there was a clampdown on sky art. Sky art suddenly decided that, Hey, we don't want the, 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 all these like discords and forums where people are like putting up links to our shows. We don't want ah, that. Discord. And they're basically suing those people into oblivion. And now people are scared off of sky arts. However, I found somebody on you, YouTube's own algorithm. Aren't you, you giving, aren't you giving, okay. I'm oh, sorry. He's giving it away. No, 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 that, that's, that's fine because I, I want other people to understand this. And also it brings up an important topic that YouTube that like is uh, often like shuts down channels for really no adequate reason. Cause they claim that someone did a, some, some nefarious person did like a copyright claim on their mm-hmm. content, even though it was absolutely out of, uh, absolutely out of league, absolutely had no justification, but they, the, the hammer fell because of an algorithm and they can't just, they, they can't, uh, the, the, the owner of that channel can't uh, challenge it at all. The same place. Here's the entire episode. So, so they recommended to me that, oh, by the way, I noticed that you kind of like British reality television. Here are complete episodes of Portrait Artists of the Year season nine. Alrighty then. Thank you very much. So of course I, of course I started like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm getting caught up. The last episode was just posted today. And so now I was watching that right before, uh, right, right before we started uh, recording. So I'll, I'll get, I'll get to that. Sug, Suggs from Madness is one of the sitters this, this week. So I'm kind of like, Baggy trousers, <laughs> baggy trousers. You have, yeah, you have to be a Generation Xer. But yes, my, my somewhere, somewhere in my, somewhere in my closet, a skinny tie and a pair of uh, black and white checked sneakers are very, very happy that I'm watching this. But it, but isn't that isn't that weird that this uh, that they they've got algorithms that can find? Oh, by the way, there was this an eight second clip of uh, the the Apollo Eleven moon landing, which is in the public domain, appeared in your channel, uh, appeared in your video, and because someone else posted a video that included that same public domain clip, they are basically taking all the money away from that video and all your monetization and or filing a copyright strike against you. Nonetheless, it is also saying, oh, by the way, here is forty eight minutes of television with, I don't, th- uh, I don't think any modifications to it whatsoever. And pff, sure, no problem. Go ahead, go to it. It is unjust. I mean, I mean <laughs> I'm sorry. I actually went to go and try and watch this thing and try to see if there was some way that I could log onto a VPN. So I do apologize because I'm always very curious about how easy it is now to bypass certain paywalls and things of the sort. So, but you gotta, God bless YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> They're, they're, they are very weird. They're, the other thing that I didn't put in the show notes, but it's a good thing to talk about. So do you, uh, uh, do you uh, uh, watch the Ask, Ask a Mortician channel? Kate and Doherty? No, oh, but oh, that's curious. So there's, there's this mortician by the name of Kate and Doherty uh, who, who and her like team 
Uh, she she is she is a funeral director who keeps Tubia has this amazingly Sorry. great there you go has this amazingly great channel that is all about death positivity where she basically ta- she started off just by asking answering simple questions that people have like how do they how does a mortician like make sure that eyes stay closed and they walk you through without without being gross Ooh. about well we have these things that happen to this and what ha- how does body how do bodies get processed simple things that basically taking the taking the mystery and a lot of the fear out of like the post-death process and also essentially acting as advocates for family members against a very, very well-organized funeral industry. Uh, And she, uh, and over the years she's created even much more complicated, much, much more interesting videos. She's, she really is one of the superstars of educational YouTube. So she posted something on her Patreon uh, that she uh, posted an amazing video. Again, it's not just her, it's her and her team, uh, but amazing 45 minute video on a disaster that happened that, uh, that is pretty much, I, I certainly had never heard of it. Uh, and I, it was on my list of, Oh, I, it was, it was on my watch list. I, I didn't want to wait, wait for later, but before I'd seen it, uh, she posted this Patreon video that said that it had been not taken down by YouTube, but basically uh, banished to the land of ghosts and winds where, it's not going to be recommended to anybody. It's going to be uh, limited to uh, adults only. Uh, all these, all the, all the restrictions. That basically, if you have, if you have the, if, I think, I think limitations are if you have the URL, you can watch it. If you know, if if you have the address of, if you know her channel, you can find it in her channel. But YouTube is going to do nothing to help promote it, which is, of course, how you help make money and how you get an audience for this. And this is such a slickly produced, beautiful documentary that she definitely wanted not the money, but the audience for it. And the frustration was that the, the reason why it was given this, this sort of strike was that it was uh, essentially had images of gore and violence, uh, but not, Mm -hmm. and not being educational in content. And Hmm. her reaction was, duh, this is like nothing but educational. And there's nothing, again, it's not like, it's not like a slash video or, or snuff, you know, snuff film or anything like that. It's, you know, documentary black and white photos of this incident that happened a long time ago to explain exactly what happened and bring this to bring this to light. And so number, the number one problem is that how on earth did any human being possibly look at this video and decide that it's not educational in, in nature and B once the, once whatever algorithm or whatever robot or whatever uh, unfortunate human being at YouTube whose job, who has a quota of you have to process X dozen videos per hour to look for these infections or whatever. Uh, there was, it, it's, it's a typical story. Like, no, there is, you, you, oh, uh, oh, wow, I can, I can contest this. Great. I assume that after, after I fill out this form and explain exactly why, uh, why I'm right and this is a mistake, it will be scrutinized by a team of people who will look at the video, compare it with what I'm saying. And nope, it seemed like algorithm just basically bounced back. We know it can be disappointing to hear this sort of, hear this sort of result. However, our guidelines are here to protect everybody. Basically someone feeling as though uh, they had put all kinds of time, effort, passion, and money into producing this video, hoping it will find an audience. And not only does it get struck down for some stupid reason, but the, entity that struck it down is not prepared to defend its uh, defend the reasons why it did it it's just basically stop bothering us we don't make any money off of uh, off of uh, off of uh, community relations we don't make any money off of customer service you're causing us costing us money every time you email us go away and that is the biggest biggest problem with uh, with youtube i think where they're they're 
causing people to try to invest in this dream of becoming a full-time YouTuber, being a content creator, giving voices to people who don't have many outlets for voices. I mean, imagine I'm going to start a TV show that's all about all about the death industry. No, no one's going to no one's going to Netflix, even Netflix at its most desperate is not going to the 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 channel that that okayed a a, a Jeffrey Dahmer docu series is not going to green live green like that. But you can do it, and you will find an audience, and you will find like a mission and a calling. But realize that YouTube will pull the rug out from under you for any reason, or even or even worse for no reason or bogus reasons, and you will be able to do exactly diddly squat about it you will not be heard you will not be given a given a venue you will just simply get an automated response saying we know that it's disappointing to hear about this but our community guidelines and i just get sick of it especially when it's a creator as good as caitlin doherty at least they respond i will say because <laughs> just like noticing something i've been noticing so i'm on the tiktok side of all this because i'm not really on youtube anymore now i've adopted the new attention span of the new generation. <laughs> and but it's fine because I've like found my I found my place on TikTok. Um and and I find it you know it's it's really interesting cuz some people that I follow that are live like my Disneyland streamer who <laughs> at first I really rude the fact that it entered my algorithm, but then I'm like, you know what? It's kind of nice vicariously living through like this person who's live on Disneyland <laughs> because <laughs> Because I don't have to spend the money to do any of this or deal with any of like the annoying part. I get to just like experience it. Yes. Um, but they started shifting back to YouTube, I guess, just because revenue generation and you can get away with a lot more on YouTube. <laughs> because right now I learned that there's a lot of Halloween theme park streaming. And usually during Halloween theme parks the ones that are not Disney get really gory <laughs> get dark, and yes. or like they're all about, you know, epileptic lighting, like, <laughs> you know, all the things that supposedly are a part of Halloween. <sighs> anyway, so I've just been noticing it's just interesting watching like creators of a, of a new generation because that's what they are on TikTok and to see how they're trying to navigate whether or not to use YouTube and um that's why TikTok is eating some of YouTube's lunch. <laughs> Even though their their moderation techniques are terrible, I have to say. There's a lot of people, by the way, who do fakes. So what they'll do is, um, okay, so like this tarot reader that I follow, she will do a live tarot reading every like Tuesday and Saturday. And what started happening is somebody somewhere is scraping her live feed. And then rerunning it on a new account. Oh, yeah. But nobody knows that it's not live. So they're sending them all these gifts to try and like get mentioned in the audio. So whoever the person is on the line who faked this is getting all the money instead of the actual creator who did the live video. Bastards. And this is a very, this is a thing that TikTok deals a lot with. Like I'm constantly met with this all over my algorithm. So it's, it's just very interesting. Like these two ecosystems of like, which path will you take? Will you take the long form YouTube? Well, here's the problems you get. Will you take the short form TikTok? Well, here's the problems you get. You know, it, it also, <sighs> it, it also suggests that like it's, the same thing is happening on the weasel side of, uh, of the crater, uh, the, the crater side hustle, which is now let's see, do I want to, do I feel like I want to, 
basically rip off YouTube content into my own channel and try to get ad revenue? Or do I feel like I want to fake being a live streamer and get gifts and thank yous and shout outs? It's, which, which one speaks to me as a grifter? You know what? Okay, not about grifters, but I was thinking in my mind, kind of sucky for some creators who are realizing that now they have to do both platforms. They have to do a long form YouTube and then they have to go to TikTok and do the abridged version to show up in the real. And that's more work. Yeah. Adding more work. And you know what? Wages haven't increased, Andy. We're mm-hmm. facing inflation right now and wages have not increased. Yeah. I'm I'm telling you, it's it's so. you know, it, it really it really is the same as when I started getting into being a writer that my God, you have such a tactical advantage. If this is not something that you're any, any time, I think any kind of creator, if you are not doing this for a living, if you are not counting on this for any appreciable amount of your revenue, if you're just doing it because, hey, I want to put out a video a week because I'm having fun and I kind of want to have a voice and I want to share it with people because you are fi- because you will always every video of yours will be a success. Because you're, you are not desperate to make sure that you make rent this month or you pay your mortgage or whatever bill this month. It will be that success is defined in terms of I made a video on schedule, I released it on schedule. I maybe even have more more viewers this week, this month than I did last month. But my God, if you like, uh, even the people who are successful who now have as a, as a result of their success, they have to have like. 10 people on staff to uh, do the, do the ads, do the sponsorships, do the editing, uh, do a whole bunch of other stuff. When you get into the position where not only am I, this is my job. If I, if my, if I'm not serving the content that people are responding to, not only do I risk like my being out of a house, but I am at risk of throwing 10 people like out of employment. And that, that's gotta be a hard place to find creativity from. Well, on that on that positive note, uh, we got a, we got a really cool show this week. Um, first, uh, there's a new report from the information that suggests that Google seems very close to adopting a bunker mentality for the future. Uh, kind of scary stuff. iFixit did a teardown of the Pixel Watch, much like Pandora's watch. We'll see if it unleashed all the evils of the world pent up inside there. And finally, Google Messages get some deep loving from Google and take that Apple. All this after this break. Have you ever thought about starting your own business, creating a brand, sharing your wealth or knowledge with the world, using your years of experience to create something for yourself? Hover wants to help you take the first step in getting your ideas off the ground. If you have a brand that you've always dreamt of building or a business you want to take online, the first step is finding your domain name. Hover makes this super simple with a clear and straightforward user experience easy-to-use tools, and truly amazing support from friendly humans. It's never too late to step up to the plate and share what you have to offer. Getting online has helped thousands of people around the world reach new heights with their businesses. I actually have flowrights.tech, and currently it takes you to my Gizmodo byline page. But before that, I used to map it to florenceion.com so that I could have a really neat way to share a URL and get people to remember my link. And now, of course, people remember to go read my bylines at flowrights.tech. In addition to the classics like .com, you can get extensions like .shop, .tech, 
like me, and .art. And with over 400 more to choose from, you'll be able to find the perfect domain name for your business. One that's memorable, relevant, and boosts your brand. You can buy a domain, set up custom email boxes, and point it to your website in just a few clicks. If you ever run into trouble, help is just a phone call or chat away. Secure, simple, and reliable. Hover is a trusted and popular choice amongst millions of people launching any kind of brand or business. If you're ready to get your idea off the ground with the perfect domain name, head to hover.com slash material to get 10% off your first Hover purchase. That's hover.com slash material to get 10% off. Our thanks to Hover for their support of this show and Relay FM. Well, we've had been having a lot of bad news from Google about its future. Well, not directly, but at least indications that at least Sundar Pichai is worried about Google's future. Now, it's hard to be really scared about the future of a $2 trillion company, but there is a reason why Polaroid is now a label that gets put on really, really mm. bad webcams you can buy in drugstores, whereas it was once the titan of the, of the photographic industry. It could happen to anybody. Uh, so mm. a new report that was first published in The Information this week got hold of uh, some internal documents that uh, about Alphabet's own internal communications about the future direction of the company. And it does suggest that maybe they're going into a long-term bunker mentality, not like, hey, we're going to drop this one project because it's not making money, but here is how we are going to change everything that we do so that we can survive into the future. So it was based on an internal document that was seen by the information. Uh, And overall, the tale that it tells is that Google is now deeply spooked by Apple's success uh, in pulling Android users into iPhones. Samsung sales are down worldwide, and the iPhone is now the number one phone OS in the entire United States for the very first time. And this plugs into some broader fears that they have. The company is also concerned about the vulnerability of their ad business, uh, mostly due to regulators worldwide that could basically put the axe and or the hammer on all kinds of their markets anytime. It's also a very volatile volatile market, volatile market. You can keep that in, Jim, because that is just me having a little bit too much sugar, I think, for soda today. That was great. Volatile market. Uh, Also, uh, they're worried that they have the right to be worried that if regulators demand that Apple terminates its sweetheart agreement with Google search, uh, Google loses a huge chunk of their ongoing Mm -hmm. ad revenue, a huge chunk of traffic to Google search. It could be super, super bad, and that could happen in any country pretty much at any time. So consequently, according to this report and the information, Google is planning to double down on hardware. Uh, They're hedging against what the document refers to as the, quote, further decline, unquote, of Samsung. Hopefully they just mean the further financial (laughs) decline as opposed to Samsung's moral and technical technical decline. Um, And they're doing so by, and I'm quoting the report here, moving product development and software engineering staff working on features for non-Google hardware to work on Google-branded devices, unquote. That's pretty significant because it it does explicitly state that uh, Google will be taking resources away from other Google products and projects. Not that, hey, we're going to be hiring more people for our Google software. It's like, no, all the people that are doing stuff that maybe we're not interested in anymore, congratulations. (laughs) We are, congratulations, you are now part of of the Google Docs team. You're now part of the Android team. Uh, the report only mentions one operating system specifically that uh, is, is going to get it right in the neck. Google TV is specifically re- mentioned. Uh, the report re- mentions moving people from Google TV development to Wear OS and the Pixel tablet. Once again, good news if you are a lover of the Pixel tablet. 
Uh, it also suggests that the Google Assistant might also be vulnerable, which surprised the heck out of me, because um, the report mentions intentions to, quote, invest less in developing its Google Assistant voice-assisted search for cars and for devices not made by Google, including TVs, headphones, smart home speakers, smart glasses, and, sp- and smart watches that use Google's Wear OS software. So it definitely feels like Google wants to put the lion's share of Google Assistant development into Pixel devices and to Android phones. You notice that phones are not included in that list, but pretty much, again, congratulations, Fossil. If you were considering having Wear OS as part of your of your watch as an, as an enhancement, that's probably going to be a big bummer for you. Um, you can guess, though, that certain hardware makers are going to be given special treatment and exemptions from all this. Uh, again, I'm quoting here. Google has singled out Samsung and Chinese brands OnePlus and Xiaomi as premium Android phone partners for which it should develop the best Google services. But that leaves a long list of other manufacturers that may not get the same attention from Google groups like the assistant team. So what what did you think about this? This is, you, you know, it's, I mean, it's, 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 it's one thing when the, when the CEO says we have to respond to the current macroeconomic trends by refocusing on our core abilities and initiatives. That just seems like, okay, that could be just a nice thing to say. That could mean anything. But this does mean that, well, I don't work for Google hardware. I work for something. I work, I've been, I've, I've been hired to get Google assistant working on the, on the Hyundai Excel. Maybe my job is not quite so secure. No, no, no. I don't think that's what that means necessarily. But the writing has been on the wall. I mean, we saw it. It started with last year's Pixel 6 and we really saw it with this latest hardware release. Um, All the quote unquote exclusive features coming to the Pixel 7. Some of them are now being trickled out to other devices. But um, yeah, I I, yeah, it's I kind of saw that Google was doing that. I kind of see them building. I actually used this, I was on All About Android this week and I used the word uh, pixel garden or something mm-hmm. akin to that. And so I was just kind of thinking about the pixel hardware just being this exclusive Google experience, which is why the Google ex- it would make sense to put all of the uh, work into the Google Assistant on that. And also, I don't know if this necessarily means that they're going to, that it's going to be a, a worse experience on third parties because we already kind of see what it's like right now which is that the pixel will have these on-device uh ai infused features facilitated by the assistant like for instance i know it's it's google duplex but i'm just thinking about like the call assistance features and things like that i feel like that's what they mean when they're talking about moving resources it's just having people come over to the pixel side to work on, you know, yeah. s- something that's special to the pixel versus what's going to be on Samsung devices. Yeah. I mean, I hope that I, I hope that this if this report is true, I hope that this means that they're going to treat hardware a little bit more seriously, which not to say they haven't uh, the, the past uh, two generations of pixel uh, development has definitely definitely indicated that you know they've been looking for their car keys for five or ten years but they they found their car keys Uh, they're making some great hardware some really great competitive hardware but it's still like only making uh 2021 it made uh, 20 billion dollars in revenue uh, all hardware across all devices and that's compared to like 140 billion that they made from advertising so if they're concerned about a really big dip in advertising that's uh they got a lot they're they're they got a lot to go for there 
I mean, I, I'm sure they don't think that $147 billion is going to go away, but if you imagine a $20 billion shortfall in advertising happening in, over the next two or three or four years, that's going to make it, that's going to make their, their hardware division. It's going to change them from a nice alternative, a nice participant in the Android and Google ecosphere to something that now has to make bank. I mean, has to make bank each and every quarter. And I'm not hundred percent right. sure that they're quite there yet. Right. But yeah. by offering these exclusive features and kind of cutting back the yeah. the freebies that the other manufacturers get, it means that more people are inclined to choose the Pixel over the other manufacturers. Yeah. I mean, that's a lot of the headlines were were really kind of like misleading about doom and gloom about the future of the Google Assistant. Uh, because the only place where it's the report says that specifically is going to be kind of like kind of not necessarily putting more money into our, I mean, if if you a third party makes a smart speaker, maybe Google's not going to spend all that much time and money making sure the assistant works with that third party smart speaker. Fair enough. Fair play. Um, I, I, so it's not that much that much to be worried about it. But the, the assistant really is kind of like the crown jewel of, of Android. It is also uh, kind of worrisome if. Google starts to get Samsung steamed because Samsung is pretty much the manufacturer of Android phones right now. They're not going to, I don't think they're going to get Samsung steamed. Not exactly. At least, you know what? Not right now. Samsung is not worried about them yet. Okay. Because you just said it yourself. They're not making money right now. They're not really (laughs) pushing units outside, especially outside of the United States. So that's where the real money is going to be made. And Samsung still has that hold on the rest of the world as far as being the Android manufacturer. But also what Samsung has going for it is that it's a components manufacturer. So they're always going to have a great, robust business. Like Samsung is big. It's what? It's like the number two company in Korea. Um, Google is in trouble right now everywhere in the world. And because they're in trouble, like in places like the EU, let's say, um, they're going to, my theory is that they're going to be losing money from some of the licensing Mm. because they're no longer going to be allowed to like make that a requirement. So can't charge for it. Um, And because of that, they're kind of freaking out a little bit. I mean, we've been talking about this, like the the search engine is like compared to TikTok, as we were just talking about TikTok, you know, TikTok has surpassed (laughs) Google in some markets. Um, So I just see this as Google trying to change around the business so that it just stays relevant, which I'm hoping means that if you end up with like a Pixel, well, you don't have to buy the Pixel watch right now, but I'm hoping that means that in a couple of generations, we will have like absolute parity with apple's mobile lineup yeah and we're not quite yet there yet um so uh, we also have this story about the pix uh, i fix it has not yet done teardowns of the pixel 7 or the pixel 7 pro uh but they do have the pixel watch teardown and it's a smaller screen smaller screen <laughs> yes it's uh, uh not it wasn't bad. Also realize that I fix it. They're not. They're not a. Uh, they're not an industry 
analysts. They're not basically talking about, oh, this here's now we exactly we know exactly what kind of CPU is in here. Now we know exactly where they're sourcing the RAM from. They're really just talking about overall build quality and repairability. And on that basis, uh, the, the, the only really editorial comment was that they thought that the Pixel Watch's internals look very, quote, first gen, unquote. I'm going to quote here. Uh, Once inside, this watch is serving serious, not quite polished Android looks. The bare foil battery pouch is pretty standard, but with a bunch of yellow Kapton tape stuffed in there, it's like real life awkward baby pictures. Oh, so Gen 1. Granted, we've been doing a lot of Apple teardowns lately, so that's a tough act to follow. But stuff like Kapton tape is often a sign of quick fixes. At least there's no copper tape in here yet. Um, Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm getting serious Theranos vibes. (laughs) okay because a that was the best tv series that came out this year (laughs) and b i I still i'm still uh i still can't get over the scene (laughs) where (laughs) they're faking the results on the machines (laughs) and this is this is giving off some (laughs) some of those vibes with the yellow tape (laughs) yeah it's like you you, that's Kapton tape is it's uh, yeah it's non-conductive tape to hold things in place that that's probably not that, that's not something that you design that in from ground durable. one. Yeah, and they're also saying that they don't it doesn't look like sc- screen repairs or battery swaps will be very easy because uh, they're not easily accessible. Blaming brackets, tiny contacts, teeny teeny tiny. Great. So then it's e junk when it's done. Yeah. And this well, thing is only going to be supported for three years. Yeah. And the, the, for me, one of the worst news was that um, they were, of course, taking a look at, well, there are two there are mechanical switches. There's that mechanical crown uh, and also that push button. And they've, they mentioned that uh, they are, those, those are like sort of intrinsic, intrinsically wired in to uh, to a, a, a kind of like a, a wiring hub that's permanently attached to the case. Which means that, like, if you know you've been sweating into this watch for a year and a half, and now like that push button switch is now just jammed and stuck, they won't be able to simply take out the switch, replace the switch without doing surgery that goes all the way to the main board. So that seems like a that seems like a bad thing. Okay, I quickly clicked into the Galaxy Watch teardown because I was going to try and see if I could scrub through it really quickly. You know what? That's what I said in my review of the Pixel Watch is that this feels really like a beta. Like mm. it feels like an Android beta, which is a very googly thing to do. It's like <laughs> you can be first at the table, that's totally fine. Like Google will give you that privilege if you want to pay for it, if you want to deal with it, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be the most smooth experience and it's exactly why you don't always want to be first to the table. This is why I don't like to be first to raise my hand or, for, you know, first to answer a question or ask a question or whatever. Let somebody else do it. Let somebody else. First to start the applause during an opera. Just, oh, that's oh, that was a dramatic pause. Okay. Goodbye. Yes, exactly. As now. we learned in last week's episode, yes. that there's copying yeah. etiquette. Mm-hmm. No, I, I I agree with you. The software too, now that I've been wearing it for, uh, what, two full weeks almost now, I, I, I do like it. Uh, I think the most important thing about it is that it looks like a stylish watch. It doesn't look like a gadget watch, which almost all Wear OS watches seem to look like gadget watches. Uh, I like the fact that it's fast and zippy and responsive and simple. Those are all very, very true things. But there are just so many little things, little finer points that I would like to think that a year from now when they do Gen 2 – It doesn't matter about the hardware that they will have figured out that, okay, we need to make this software a little bit more elegant. It's still kind of like a – 
Uh, I start. I used the Google Assistant on the watch for the first time the other day, and I was surprised that it wasn't just uh, that that it wasn't just one simple shortcut to access it. That there was something that I had to sort of find in order to make it. There are these two buttons. It took me a while to figure out that double clicking on the uh, on the stem gets you Google Wallet, uh, and uh, I just double I just double clicked on the one. Uh, on the uh, on the one uh, uh, clicky button there, and it just gives you the most recently used app. I have I have to check to see if I can remap that to Google Assistant because that really should be just quick access to the assistant, and that's it. Yeah, I thought that too, but I have to say the assistant pops up on the Pixel Watch a lot faster than it would on the Samsung Watch, and I I just think about that when I think about what Google did to the processor. Because they're using a three-year-old Samsung Exynos processor, mm. but it has an additional coprocessor, and that's doing all the AI Google. Yeah. That's that's the Google part that they went in and infused it, and then they just like stuffed a bunch of RAM in there. They stuffed two, two gigs of RAM, which is actually more than the Galaxy Watch right now. So, and that's to kind of just help things going fast. But again. This is why we shouldn't have been. There was a lot of doom and gloom earlier this year about, oh, nice, nice try, Google. You're re, you just you're revamping the the Wear OS by making a Pixel Watch with a three year old you know processor. Andy, but, so many people have bought this watch in my life before they even saw it. Yeah, they just wanted a plain Android smartwatch. Right, but but the, but the thing is, like, you have, it's all about yes, maybe you you can have a three year old processor, but. You've, the thing is, if you're planning on well, we're adding this coprocessor to take all this load. That's that we don't need a we don't need a, a 2022 uh, processor because we've got this coprocessor that's taking basically doing most of the important stuff and it's optimized to the things it's supposed to do. We're also mm-hmm. also adding lots and lots and lots of RAM, and it's much better to have lots of RAM for apps to play with and to, to buffer with and all this other sort of stuff. So this is the maybe this is our like Pixel Watch review part two after like another week's worth of use. It's nice. I like it. Um, I'm definitely not going to buy one, but I'm definitely going to be paying a lot of attention next year to see like what the next generation uh, next generation is like. Because Same. I, I mean, I, I've still always wanted an Apple Watch that works with Android. If, if Apple decided to make an Android compatible version of the Apple Watch, we almost wouldn't be having this conversation. <sighs> I do, I do I prefer love... the, I do prefer the round dial, though. I have to say, I, I agree. I love the Apple Watch. I love it when my child is screaming and then the Apple watch <laughs> says the decibels are too high right now. And I'm like, you know what? You're telling me <laughs> you're telling me. Yeah. Um, yeah, I do. I do feel they're a step closer to the Apple watch feel though. The, d- the design is definitely there. Um, and Andy and I are going to probably keep wearing this watch anyway. I yeah. do miss my galaxy watch, but you know, I can, I got a nice little like cross, sync going on between Fitbit and Strava and then Samsung health and Strava. So, you know, I'm, my walks are still counted. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think the loan ends in no next month, November or something like that. I have to, I have to double check to see when the loan ends. I think I'm, I'm going to ask for an extension at least for the pixel watch. Cause I kind of want to see, I kind of want to look at the accumulation of fitness data and other data that it builds up and to see if that's particularly useful but that that also but that also points to another thing that I really think that uh, Google needs to address in 2023, which is an, for the Apple Watch. There's the Apple Health app. Everything lands in this one app. You get this full, complete picture of everything that everything that's going on. 
I still don't know where Google Fit comes in, where the Fitbit app comes in, why some data is not available to uh, all kinds of other things. It's like I said, it's 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 definitely a Gen One. I think that I think that iFixit was correct in in the hardware, but they're also correct in the software. That a good first start. It's not mm-hmm. a failure. People who people who people who like this watch who are not simply saying, but it's not a but it's not an Apple Watch will enjoy it for what it is. But with a th- given that it's only going to it's only promised three years worth of updates, it's I think it's important not to buy the first one until you're going to be mm-hmm. really really super happy with it because the clock's ticking and this, I, I find that th- I find the that what's getting ticking. it's it's getting <laughs> yeah sorry, uh, but you know I I am finding that that's it's the the idea of of e waste is becoming more and more offensive to me with each passing year. Just the idea that I know this is a tiny thing, but this is. It's still got so many, uh, so many really useful components to it. It should not be something that lasts exactly three years, and then it becomes either something with a wrap with a slowly expanding battery of death, like in your drawer, uh, or mm-hmm. it's just something that's going to start a fire in, in a landfill at some point. It's just it is offensive, not 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 just like being uh, costing you three hundred seventy five bucks for something that is not going is not intended to have a service life beyond three years, but also just offensive. That's such a waste of materials. It is. It's a waste of materials. Yeah. A waste of material. Yes. Uh, There you go. Uh, Well, we're going to take a break, but we're going to talk a bit about messages, including something that's very, very embarrassing for Google back after this. I wonder if I I wonder if this isn't a if you can't beat them, join them mentality. So Google uh, had a blog post today uh, announcing a whole bunch of like 10 different kind of big improvements to Google messages that seem to be taken together might be like, all right, fine. If you've Apple, if you won't give us Google, if you won't give us iMessage for for Android, we're just going to make our messages app that's free and that works for all all kinds of different phones. We're going to make it more like iMessage and not exactly more like iMessage, but basically at least they're at least they're demonstrating that. Uh, a an app that a lot of people might have ignored for years as a longtime Android user as no this is just the SMS messaging app for real messaging of course I will have I will have Signal or WhatsApp or something else going on in my life uh, but all these are pretty cool things uh, they start it's, it has a fresh look which we can skip right over so then eh, maybe it looks a little less frumpy but who cares uh, but the, <laughs> the 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 headline the headline thing is uh, they're trying to push oh it's got better interaction with iOS messages uh, so now uh, for a while they've had the, they added the feature where if uh, iMessage through SMS sends an emoji uh, it will automatically figure out what that emoji is and display it you can didn't work two way now it works two way so you can now send basically long press on something to select an emoji response the uh, now iOS users will not get the actual emoji. They will get a text description of the emoji, uh, possibly followed by a middle finger emoji and an Android. Sound familiar. Emoji. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. And, and, and actually in the blog post, they could not help, but they, they could not, they, they could not help, but, but expose their pain uh, quote. While RCS is the ultimate solution, we're doing what we can to help Android users have a way to consistently react to messages. So okay, good, good for you. We're doing what we can do. We're doing, We're doing things on our what side. We can do. We're doing what we we only have control over our emotions. Some of you have older sisters. You know that. You know once that hard head gets lodged up, that you know what. <sighs> All you can do is try not to let them ruin Thanksgiving for everybody. I'm sure you're with <laughs> us on this, everybody. <laughs> <sighs> uh, 
So there's also an interesting feature that I wish that Google had explained a little bit more. Uh, it feels like there you can use messages to like do messages to yourself almost. I'm going to quote the <laughs> blog post here. As the reminders are now included directly in messages to help you remember important moments without navigating across several apps on your phone. Remind yourself to call mom on her birthday. Again, don't don't assume that you have a positive relationship with your mother, Google, uh, or schedule that appointment during regular business hours. And if you save someone's birthday or anniversary in your phone's contacts app, you'll get a gentle reminder about them when you open the messages app. So, uh, I, I, on the one hand, this kind of makes sense because reminders, I don't, you know, it is it is like that stray dog in terms of like personal contact inf- personal contact information, personal database information. I I don't know where it should go. And but I do know that calendar is the wrong place mm-hmm. to put it because uh, whenever I whenever I open up like Google Calendar on the web, it will like the, at the head of every day is like you have thirty eight reminders. I'm like thirty eight reminders, and it's like <laughs> every single one of them, almost every single one of them is the exact same reminder going back for like three, four, five years. Remember to bid on that album tomorrow. Like, remember to bid on that tape player on Thursday. Remember to bid. They're all like reminders to about like upcoming eBay auctions, and you would think that the automatic action would be okay. It, uh, you you did all I wanted was you to put basically throw up a reminder on my phone a day beforehand or a half hour beforehand to remind me not to forget about this. And once that is passed, I'm done. It's not a to do list. It's not an actionable item. So uh, that might be an interesting messages. Might be a more uh, make more make more sense to have that as the paradigm where I just want to send a message to myself three weeks from today to remember to like change the batteries in the smoke detectors. Just send me this message. You don't you don't have to action it. You don't have to assign a task to it. You don't have to invite other people in on this task. Just send me, send myself a message to do this thing. So eh, we'll see how this. Uh, but as I said, I don't really understand how they're doing this. Like whether they mean it that way or whether it's something simpler. I think that is a a really good point. I will say, however, to me, I just thought it was an extension of the existing Hmm. assistant helper that tells you it's somebody's birthday. Hmm. (laughs) Which, by the way, I find slightly annoying (laughs) because it doesn't know if the person, like, I have your birthday in there, even if we're not really friends. (laughs) Yeah. Sometimes I don't say happy birthday. This is see, and this yeah, this is an extension of another problem where it's like, you do know that my mother died like last year, and I don't want to be reminded of. I don't need to be reminded of her birthday. It's like I, I don't need a reminder. Remind. It's like that's my soft reminder. That's right. my you know. But you reminding me is crossing a boundary, yeah. and that's something that digital assistants can't be programmed not to do. Yeah. See. <sighs> hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. See, it's, it's, the there, 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 there's so much about like the outer intelligence that is like very, very analog, such as mm-hmm. like, hey, here's like, like when you have uh, like widgets that will uh, or or uh, uh, screensavers that will automatically uh, Google Photos or Apple Photos or any like photo library will say, oh, here's some here are some memories of of autumn. And like, oh, that was when I decided to actually yeah. make that trip out to 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 see this person who is basically turned out to be a major blank blank and i was kind of trying to forget that they even existed oh yeah that was the God. that was the that was the restaurant where yeah, exactly see and it's like and there but there, and there's no way for the assistant to really understand that yeah this person is not in my life anymore and i really don't want and unfortunately mm-hmm. the, the 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 
it's possible someone is not in your life anymore because they've passed away. And now enough, now enough time has passed that you actually would like to be reminded of, you know, your, your a family member, uh, spending Christmas time with them, but maybe you don't want to be reminded of that this time. It's, it's tough. So memory, memory is our best friend and our greatest enemy. And sometimes like <laughs> the software is the software is like weaponizes like that, that, that kind of problem. Um, but let's get, let's go on. Thre- so threaded replies, if you're using RCS, so now you can long press in a message in a group chat mm-hmm. to reply directly. That's nice. Yay. Uh, so, yay. Yay. If you send uh, a YouTube preview, if you send a YouTube link uh, in, in a message, now you can watch it in picture in picture while you're talk, talking about people. Like, okay, so like they get these nine artists. Some of them are professional artists, some of them are not. And then and this you can basically talk about it while you're while you're doing it. Um, actually, this is this looks kind of cool. Uh, where uh, it will be looking at the content of messages coming in. On device only, not sharing any information with Google. But if it sees something like, uh, hey, can you talk now? It will basically put up a little icon that says that if you that where if you tap on that, it'll take you to like Google Meet. Uh, or if you uh if if it's, if you say something like, Hey, let's meet at six PM on a Tuesday, it will an icon will pop up, tap on that, it'll take you to calendar and put that in there. Nice stuff. So you can action on things that are people are are, are mentioning. There uh, it does something kind of like that, where if it sees like an address or uh, address or stuff like that it will turn into a hyperlink as it is now i think this is just a slicker way of doing that do, do you think yeah it's I, I figure this is just like an extension of things that the assistant was already doing where did they yeah they were doing this in messages already i was yep. under the impression because it would like if my best friend would text me like i'll call you at 2 p.m it would highlight 2 p.m for me to open Google calendar and make a meeting of some sort. Yeah. So this just feels like an extension of that. Yeah. And, um, yeah. but you know, who am I going to, to call on Google meet? <laughs> My friends are on iPhones. Exactly. Push, does it push to them like a link to download and install Google meet? And if, then you have to explain to them, but no, no, this isn't Google duo. This is Google meet now. Well, technically it's the same thing, but they want you to switch to uh, whatever. Uh, but yeah, but, but uh, the rest of it is just a bunch of things that are tiny things, but are very useful that, essentially uh, increase its weight class makes it more of a 2022 app um but, but like for, for for me the one the one big star is to be able to snooze a message instead of reminder to respond to it because there i i still i actually do have an email that i've been i i need to remind myself to respond to after we record today because it's like it's nothing serious nothing nothing huge it was it's from a friend that i haven't heard from like uh, i haven't talked to in like a few months not for any reason whatsoever um, but it's like, oh God, I need to think about, I, I don't, I don't know what it says. I it's need to set nice. aside time exactly. so I can, you know, and yes, then you wind yes. up like not, and then now, and now then it becomes, but now it's been too long since I responded and I have to almost come up yes. with a reason. Uh, I, I just had this with my, one of my best friends who moved to Australia. It's very hard by the way, to make time for somebody or with, to make time with somebody who lives on the other side of the world. Hmm. And is like a day and a half ahead of you. <laughs> Fortunately, though, we we have spent like a hundred episodes talking about things that will kill you in Australia, as well as the wildlife <laughs> killing you, drones. You, so, you, so you have a lot bless of you, topics. Russell. Oh, bless you, Russell. I was just thinking about him the other day. Have you encountered? That? <sighs> Actually, did, so you heard the news that uh, Pocket Cast is now open source. 
No, actually, how did I miss yep. that? That was just a couple of days ago. So since they bought, oh my the, goodness! Now, now that the, now that they've been bought by uh, Automatic, the WordPress people, so now they have the they have freedom to basically keep developing this uh, on the free tier and do really cool things like this. And it's not, and That's of course, amazing. it's not as easy as just simply like announcing. It's not like like Michael Scott walking into the office and saying, "I declare open source." Like you have to do a lot of things to make that happen. It actually costs money. So they they've been trying to work they've been working towards this for a while and so now it is a fully open source project really really awesome for him yay russell <laughs> yes. uh, oh and the, uh, so uh, the, but the last thing is that so uh, they they end-to-end encryption for group messaging is not live yet but they promise it's on track to start rolling out this year i'm sure we're not going to be hearing anything about this from google it seems like a, a sort of quiet thing that they're not going to simply say so i guess that uh, you know encryption is not important to you having secure messages are not it's important to us apple but i guess it's not important to you but hey again you're, you're the you're the drunk aunt, aunt at the wedding we're all just on tender hooks to make sure that we don't set you off we don't want to set you off tim um, I think, yeah, yeah. it's, uh, yeah, speaking of Tim. Yeah. We can't, we, can, we can't end the show without uh, mentioning, you know, this is, this is a, this is a life lesson for all of us. When you try to throw shade on people, uh, maybe sometimes you're the person who winds up in the shade as, as the old self-help, <laughs> the, the old, or as the old self-help thing to, when you point a finger at someone else, you're pointing three fingers at yourself. When you point a finger at someone else, you're pointing three fingers back to you and a thumb maybe pointing up to God, maybe. It's a it's a visual metaphor, and you really have to be. I, actually, I just did it to figure it exactly. out. Exactly. <laughs> I, I actually I actually got that from Stuart Smalley. Uh, so that, uh, <laughs> so I, I'm, I'm sure that Al Franken actually came across that for real somewhere. But the fact that he thought that that would be a very smart thing for smart Stuart Smalley, the <laughs> semi-competent self-help guru to say it would be very correct but the point is the point is correct once you say oh i'm gonna make fun of this person it can backfire on you it can backfire on you it'll hurt you mm-hmm. uh, so there was some slight little drama uh i think last week or a few days ago tuesday was a day when when uh, apple decided to just release uh, release a whole bunch of news about new ipads and stuff like that without having a major event so to sort of set set the ground for it tim cook tweeted about this basically a, a warm-up for this by with a hashtag take note take note uh, for as a hashtag for the Tuesday hardware announcements with a one of those hashtags that turns into an animated whatever on Twitter once once you tweet it. Uh, this caused a small amount of drama because the Utah Jazz basketball team has been using that t that uh, it's really associated with them. Uh, they've been using it since 2016. They use it for a lot of their social media stuff. Is actually the the hashtag is on like their arena and stuff like that. Uh, and the coach said, "Ooh, I don't know what this is about. I'll look into it." And it, again, it wasn't real drama. Uh, apparently, Apple and Tim Cook weren't aware of it, and they just took it down once the problem was kind of noted. But got, uh, came and went almost in a, in a breeze. Mm-hmm. The only reason why I know about it is because. Google tried to dunk on Tim Cook with with a PR tweet response. This hmm. he responded. She was he responded to that like tweet like hmm okay I see you NBA fans hashtag Team Pixels here to get you closer to your favorite team. Tell us yours and we might be able to make your NBA tip off even better. Which is okay, snarky, immature. I don't think it kind of got the job done. If you're trying to convince people that you should be switching to Android because of this. Um, the worst part of it was the last three words, uh, the last uh, three words for it uh, posted by it said Twitter for iPhone at the end of it, which is what the Twitter client tags when you the client that you tweeted from. 
again, that was that kind of undermined their message. Now they they quickly deleted the tweet, reposted it with Twitter for from a Twitter for web client. But yeah, that's the uh, they they stepped on someone, a rake there. Someone that was, got fired. That was I'm not sorry. proud. Exactly. There was. <laughs> You know that was that was that was not when you're not when there were more successful internships. God, <laughs> yeah. When I saw that trending, I was just like, "Oh gosh, you guys!" I I gotta tell you, I'm not really a fan of this campaign. Like, I understand why we are in favor of it. I understand why, from a technical standpoint, it's important. I understand why from a ecosystem unification standpoint it's important but i do not like this marketing campaign there's just something about it that just feels really it feels really it feels really uh pita throwing red paint on people yeah it's okay. yeah it's i <laughs> I, I, I i agree i don't i don't think it's the sort of thing that will say gosh i I I like the cut of this company's jib. I think I am going to give a Pixel phone a chance. Exactly. I mean, I mean, it's, it's not it's not as offensive as throwing tomato soup on a Van Gogh masterpiece. However, it That's is actually what I was thinking. Yeah, about. it wasn't wasn't Pete. It was climate change people. But it's like, yes. who? How? How did you? Why did you think people? How do you think people are going to react to that? Honestly. <laughs> like someone's so uh, to to their credit they say they did their research before they knew that the paint had like a coating on it so that cleaning off the tomato soup would be easy but it's still some dude has some people have to do that have to do the cleaning and you're just you know hoping that that what your your your, your wikipedia intel is correct and again i don't i i don't i don't think that in a, in a 130 years time when climate change has been completely addressed and reversed and fixed and all of our attitudes have been changed and we come to like this plaza of remembrance of the heroes of the fight against climate change we're going to see a bronze statue of you <laughs> throwing soup at the at, at a painting and a tour guide is going to tell like elementary school children but it was these two people who who through courageously going through a largely unprotected space and throwing soup on an on an international cultural masterpiece that opened up people's eyes. nothing happened to affect climate change until they threw that soup now i hope that each one of us will spend the next minute in contemplative silence reflecting in our own way our thanks to these two courageous heroes like no, they're gonna think, wow, what a bunch of dinks. <laughs> what what about what about this, this is the sort of thing that if you're you're home from college after your first semester and suddenly you realize that oh my god, like history, the history that people tell us is a lie. Corporations own everything, and I can't wait to stick this in my mom and dad's face because they've been they don't know anything about this. Like oh man, you're back from college, just you know. I, we made you your favorite meatloaf. Just enjoy the meatloaf. We'll, we'll enjoy having you back. We don't need to be oh, lectured Andy, on don't, climate change. Don't foreshadow my future. You know, I'm so afraid of that. <laughs> uh, but I have to say, this is why you stick to the end of the material podcast, because then this is what happens. <laughs> Oy. And this is, I After think, all end. that. This is the end. Yes. I think that I think I, I I think we've we've accomplished a podcast here. Uh, so so you're uh, I did I, a very I did googly s- podcast by the way. I have to say, even our tangents exactly. We get we get we get a we get a D for discipline, partner. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you can get into college with that, by the way. <laughs>
There you go. <laughs> Gentle, the D minus, also known as the gentleman's F. <laughs> yes. oh, anyway. Uh, so, so your, uh, so your pixel watch review is up. I actually saw it like just before the show. So everyone can look forward to that. Anything else that's uh, new, improved, highlighted, wonderful that's coming up that people should take a look at? I am just playing with a lot of things over here. We're finally at the end of Techtober. Yay. Which yes. really starts in August. <laughs> so <laughs> we're at the end of this long stretch of all these great big launches. So now is just the time where I get to like go into the lab and play with things. So flowrights.tech if you want to check out all my bylines at gizmodo.com. And that's about it. Lovely. As for me, I'm going to be incommunicado probably from Saturday afternoon onward because my my uh, uh, my panic playdate game console handheld is after a year of pre-order and waiting in group Yay. three is arriving on Saturday. So I'm probably going to be a oh, unavailable, so much fun. unavailable for two or three days and then distracted for the next week after that. But I was going to say so much Googling, so many forums, so ah, much. So you're going to have fun. I've been, fun. I've been, I've uh, been, well, this is totally, totally, totally nothing to do with Google, so I can't get into this tangent, especially not this very, very end. Uh, so I'm just apologizing for uh, if you listen to me on uh, NPR next week, ne- next up on Thursday uh, at 12.45 p.m., and you stream that at WGBHnews.org or watch it on the WGBH News on uh, on YouTube. Again, I might be a little bit, bit distracted. I might be like head down, just sort of like not really answering questions, mm-hmm. just giving a lot of, mm-hmm. a lot of my technical information will be just la la la, da da da, you know, whatever you, you've, you've heard this before. Uh, <laughs> understand that I've, I have, this is my first new game system in about five years. I did, I did buy that mini like Nintendo because I never had a mm-hmm. Nintendo as a kid. So finally, finally I was able to see what this Mario brothers thing is all about. I understand the hype now. <laughs> Uh, as for everything else, go to uh, go to, not go on Instagram and not go on Twitter. I'm still posting lots of pictures from the Google uh, Pixel Seven Pro, which I'm still in love with as a camera. It's going to be hard to send that back. I might I might ask for an extension on that one too, just to, just on on that loan because I'm not I'm not ready yeah. to spend another thousand dollars on a phone quite just yet. But I'm ready to have another three months of playing with this phone. Uh, so that'll do it for us this week. By all means, if you'd like to continue to support our podcast, uh, you can go to relay.fm slash material to sign up, become a member of the relay.fm network, and you'll be getting access to special episodes from us and from other shows. And of course you will be also f- helping to support us financially. We get a little extra money from that. And that is always, always very, very, very much appreciated uh, as well as your continued attention and listenership none of which we take for granted. Everybody, thank you so much for listening to us this week. We hope you listen to us again next week. Until then, have an awesome, happy, healthy, and sane seven days. Bye-bye. Bye, everyone.